Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. Usually I reside on the Erie campus most often. You can find me around Calvary, though. We love that you're writing us these days. You can always write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. You can write me as well. I have uh, the most memorable email in Calvary staff history. Anyways, we're great show today with Thomas in the house. Thomas, how's it going, bud? It's going good, man. Yeah? It's going good. <laughs> uh, it's always good when Thomas is shaking his head in the backdrop. I have, I have the seasonal man cold. Yes, you do. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and she sounded terrible. Mm-hmm. I said, you, you don't sound good. She goes, you're one to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the season. Hey, it's better to get it now than on Christmas. You know, get it out of the, true. get it out of the way. <laughs> Span the gap between Thanksgiving <laughs> and Christmas with the cold. There, there is a reality. If you're not sick now, you will be sick later. Oh, if in you're December, not, yes, yeah, no doubt. You better get sick now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, uh, if you want to find out what's happening at Calvary, we got a great Christmas season ahead of us. There's so many cool things happening at Calvary. You want to go to CalvaryBible.com slash Christmas? Click your campus. Find out what's happening. In your neck of the woods, this is a tis the season at Calvary. We want to elevate uh, loving Christ, worshiping Christ. We want to enjoy each other by laughter and community. So we have some events like that. There's some traditions here at Calvary that are just beautiful traditions that uh, point us and solidify us as a community. Go to calvarybible.com slash Christmas. Also, we're in the second week of the Advent reading plan. You can click that there. There's a family guide for Sundays. It's in Isaiah. There's a bunch of questions to help your family have a great conversation in Isaiah. And then there's an adult reading plan. And that's between Isaiah and the writer of John in the New Testament. Uh, just a great reading plan. I've really enjoyed it this year. It's really funny because I created it. But I'm really enjoying it. Sometimes it's good. When you create those, you don't enjoy them. Well, I think you spend so much time around it. Sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, I know exactly what tomorrow brings. But yeah. it's been great. Our, our family has really enjoyed it. We have our you know, our annual Christmas skip bow tournament. Yeah, that, so explain that. Between, Which I'm currently losing, by the way. <laughs> explain your uh, this great family tradition. Well, the family tradition started when I think you had made one of the original Advent reading plans. Mm-hmm. And it was sitting on the kitchen table. And it had December, you know, whatever, 1 through 25 listed. Which ended up being a perfect score sheet. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. So we, we may we may not have done Advent that year, yeah. the readings, but we had our Advent skip up. <laughs> so every day we used that sheet to put whoever the winner of the skip bow yeah. was. Yeah. And I don't know why skip bow. I think it was just like the game that was sitting on the table at the time. Right. So now it's turned to an annual event, That's... which I'm, I'm currently losing. So. <laughs> who's in the who's in, who's Matthew's winning? in the lead. Wow. Yeah. Coming in, dark horse. Coming dark in. horse, yeah, which is great because he wasn't winning early. Yeah. And you could see it was like this pent up frustration. <laughs> <laughs> so he won the other night and just like basically threw his plate across the table. Yeah, yeah. In excitement. It's That's great. Fun, it's man. awesome. All right. Speaking of Christmas traditions, what are some of your favorite Calvary Christmas traditions? I think one coming up, you know, we have the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas play. Yeah. And I mean, it's just off the charts awesome. Yeah. And I think fewer and fewer churches are doing kid production because it takes so much investment. Yeah, they started in August, yeah. every Sunday afternoon. It takes commitment and really, really strong leadership, Yeah, it does. which we have both of those things. 
We have some committed families, but we have some amazing leadership with Jen James and her team. And they're just, they're, I don't know, they're just doing awesome. So this Saturday is one of those, yeah. which I'm really excited to bring the family to. One and 3 p.m. with yes. cookies in between. What yeah. could be better? It's, seriously. What could be better than a Saturday afternoon watching Charlie Brown Christmas? It's going to be good. Yeah, by a bunch of little kiddos. And your kids are in the production, right? Yeah, they're in the production. They've been in the choir the last couple of years, and they tried out for parts this year. Yeah. And um, you know what? It's just so much fun to see the joy they, they have. They're like almost nervous at this point. That's good. That's <laughs> yeah. so good. They are. They're, they're just really nervous. But it's funny because they remember these years of uh, music that they sang. And so like they're singing the old songs that they did last year and the year before. How cool is that? You know, it's nice, like repetition. It's how you build a legacy, right? Yeah. And we're, we're really blessed with Jen James and her team and her taking that on. Oh, my gosh. Gosh. I don't know how she does it. Between <laughs> August, if Jay Young was in charge of the pageant between August and December, we wouldn't have a pageant. It's no, we, we would have. <laughs> we would be showing the video. <laughs> Which is funny. Serving popcorn. Yeah. A church, when we lived in California, a church that we attended, we're still on their mailing list. Yeah. Because once you're on a church mailing list, you're always on a church <laughs> eternal. eternal. It's an eternal thing. Uh, but they were actually doing a Charlie Brown Christmas. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. This church is doing the same thing we're doing. And then I looked at the notes and they're showing a movie. <laughs> Which, you know what? I thought like right if, on. If, anyone got, if everyone got sick in this pageant, like if the top four leads... We'd be showing the movie on Saturday as well. <laughs> you know, it's all dependent. Upon it is something. dependent. Yeah. But the Lord's been kind, and uh, it's going to be really fun. Okay, so you talk about Skip Bow, Advent Skip Bow. Um, you got the Calvary Christmas tradition. You got some carols and campfires coming up. Yeah, that's a tradition that started yeah. from? Yeah. From COVID. Yeah. Which this year we are not using wood fire burning pits. You know, the two we are, years we are of upping doing this, the game to gas. Last year was pretty bad. Yeah. Because of the wind. It, well, the wind is tough. It breaks it down. And then just singing in a, in a smoky parking lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like my eyes burn. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, we're we upping the game. All right. We're, we're letting people who have gas fire pits mm-hmm. bring them. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a gas fire pit and you want to bring one, let me know. Yeah, and let Thomas know because yeah. we could use one. We could use a couple more. Yeah. It's going to be a fun night as it well. It is fun. And this year, instead of having just one solo leader, we're having different ministry departments lead some of the songs mm-hmm. and do the reading. So, like, kids and students, women's, men's. It's going to be fun. That will be fun. You know, and uh, Boulder and, and Thornton are doing it this weekend. Actually. They are. You could so double dip. You could, you could go to Boulder or Thornton this weekend and then come to Erie next weekend. If you wanted just to back the truck truckload up of tinsel yes. you could do it <laughs> going to many okay speaking of tinsel yeah did you know that that was like back in fashion oh man it is back like in a in a very real strong way <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about our lobby tree <laughs> i thought like i know it's on our lobby tree but yeah. many people are throwing tinsel back on the tree oh tinsel is back it is back sure. i didn't know that you know what it's sort of like the clothes that 20 years year old i wore those back in middle school yeah, I so guess it's true. It's back, like that '90s. Can I pull my Broncos starter jacket back out with oh, like the front pocket? Legend, if you did, <laughs> legend, if you pulled that out. Oh, that's great! I if got you could fit in that. Still. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, might, it might be a midriff, <laughs> even a crop top, 
a crop top jacket. <laughs> All right, we're eight okay. minutes into the podcast. We haven't talked. Anything We've lost about. most of the listeners. No, so now we're gained. talking. We've gained. We're now talking listeners. to your mom and John's mom. Yeah, totally. And we're talking to uh, Eric. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I had coffee with him this morning. That's great, man. It was awesome. He's such an encouragement to be around. He is really an encouragement to be around. Okay, so every year, by the way, on Thanksgiving Day, I know I'm going to get a text from Eric saying how thankful he is. I've never yeah, gotten one it. from him. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> it's great. That's great. I'm glad he get you get one. <laughs> All right, so what's, what about you? Is it like our candlelight service? You know Advent what? reading? What, what is it? Yeah, when we are singing Oh Holy Night and lighting the candle, that is my favorite moment of Christmas. Yeah. Partially because that's a great song to light a candle to. <laughs> Partially because it is a holy moment and the community is pretty amazing at that moment. So if you don't know, you haven't been around for a Christmas service, Calvary does candle lighting at the end of the service, and it's a beautiful thing. It is. It's one of my favorites. I cannot guarantee that it'll be a holy night this year. Why is that? Because it might not be. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got time to change that plan to a holy night. That's what it's been for the last three years. That's been the last seven years. <laughs> I don't know. We ch- anyway. <laughs> we changed it three years ago. Okay. Hey. All right, right. Okay, people. So you, we got off Advent 2, week 2. We were in Isaiah 11, which is such... Okay. Of t- all the chapters in Isaiah, what are some of the most formative chapters you could read? Oh, I mean, 1, 6, 9, 11, 11 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 43, 50, yeah. 53, yeah. 61. Yeah. Uh, maybe just the book, I guess. <laughs> just read Isaiah, people. <laughs> but the poetry in this chapter 11 is so striking. And it, here's why it's so striking to me, Thomas. Because you have to read your Bible in order to understand the poetry. Does that make sense? Yeah. You you cannot read Isaiah. Well, you can enjoy Isaiah if you're reading it for the very first time. I guarantee you can. You can really understand and enjoy Isaiah if you read your Bible for a very long time. Every year I come to Isaiah, especially in Christmas, I am thankful that I've read my Bible for the year. Does that make sense? That's not like a pretentious statement. That's like, people, you've got to read your Old Testament, New Testament, because Isaiah gets way, way better every time you get to it. Yeah, I think for most of us who are modern, Western, evangelical Christians, who are overly familiar maybe with our Gospels Mm -hmm. and New Testament epistles, you get to the Old Testament, probably... You go Genesis, Exodus, maybe Joshua, mm-hmm. some Psalms in there. A proverb a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> yeah. You've heard of Job. At least you know it's a, it's a terrible, you know, yeah. life circumstance. At least you won't say job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was about to go on a rabbit trail on that one, but yeah. never mind. Um, rain it in, rain it in. Yeah. Squirrel. Um, but you get to the prophets, and I think for that for that kind of reader who I have been for a long time, the prophets and like take the New Testament book of Revelation are in the same category. They're not enjoyable because we don't understand the whole Bible. Yeah. And so when you when you start understanding the storyline of the Bible, um, the characters, themes, repetitions, those types of literature come together because it's sewing the whole thing to 
sewing the whole thing up. It is. And, you know, one, one gentleman after service on Sunday, which I don't know if I did a great job connecting dots, trying, trying my best, but um, hearing Isaiah 11 talking about the stump of Jesse, talking about, you know, the offspring that's going to come in the line of David. This is a kingly um, line. We're looking for a new king. And he came up and just said, I, I'm so thankful for Calvary. I've been here for a few years now. And before I knew, you know, the Luke account, Matthew account of the birth narrative and then nothing else. And then every year you guys help broaden of broaden the picture of where this came from and how it comes together and just connecting dots for me. And it just, it builds more confidence in the story. It builds more worship in my life. And I thought that that's exactly right. That's why we're in Isaiah. That's right. That's right. Is to build out the Christmas story. Yeah. The Christmas story is just not a few texts that Charlie Brown references. Yeah. It really is the whole story of God and where it's going. Cause it's, it's like part one, part two. And we talk about this, the, you know, I'm not sure which theologian coined the now, but not yet. Yeah. You know, so Jesus comes and inaugurates many of the, the messianic promises, but we're waiting for them to be fulfilled completely. And the Christmas story is the first arrival and practicing Advent. Like you mentioned the other, the other day in service is remembering that Christ came and building the confidence that we look forward to his second coming. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah often has, you know, this is tied up in the in the work of the Messiah, and we understand it as the first and second coming. Yeah, no doubt. When you read Isaiah 11, like, okay, so we're hitting record a little later in the week than usual. I know you've had a busy week. What are some things that really just, after you preached Isaiah 11, that Monday you woke up thinking about? Uh, this week, primarily, I should do better preaching this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, well, that's that, was, that was primarily in my mind Monday. I, You know what? I came out um, of the service. I'm going to tell this online on, on the podcast. I came out of service thinking that was one of the most gospel-soaked services. It's a great service, yeah. They're like, Back the truck up. Here's here's the gospel. Yeah. Here's Jesus. Here's the word. Here's you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, a lot of things in the service helped. You know, build. That's that's the downside of church online. Just to throw this out there. Yeah. The, the hard thing is, I know some people are you know unable still to 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 be in community and in person. But if you can, you want to be. Yeah. You know because there are things that happen in the service that will never happen on the video translation of that service or just in the message. Mm-hmm. So the things that come before the message that prepare us to receive the message in a different way and things that come after the message that we then respond with that you just can't get if you're just downloading the podcast. Right, 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 right. So I'd agree with you. But okay, anyway. so we're in 11. So what what sticks out to you? What's striking still after you preach about 11? What's striking? I think it's similar, to, you know, if you prepare for this week. So we did Jesus is the Light We've done Jesus is the brancher. He's the king. That's this last week. Then we're moving into Jesus, the shepherd. And looking at these themes and saying, okay, from start to finish, from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus is the fulfillment of these things. And specifically in Isaiah 11, you know, the, the shoot comes forth from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And so there is the promised Messiah that is both proceeding from the family of Jesse. So this is a messianic promise as well as before the family of Jesse. Right. So it's proceeding in its, in its order. It upholds the family, and it proceeds forth from. So it's like, who is this Messiah? Right. 
And you see, you know, as, as he's spirit-filled, as he rules with equity, as he creates this new creation, those are all attributes of what Jesus is doing. So at his birth, at his baptism, at his inauguration, these are the attributes that are happening that Jesus has affirmed to be this promised Messiah. Right. And I think that, that just leads me to an entire week of worship. I think all of this just leads to worship. Yeah, right. Totally. It's like the culmination. It's like building on to so that the point of, well, this seemed like in 11 as you read it, it's like so that all can be made right. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard. You know what I mean? Then with the young goat, the lion with the fattened calf, the ch- child, and a child should lead them, the cow, you know, the bear shall hang out together. Yeah, it's coming. It's like crazy. That's like, that's what, that's what it was supposed to do. Yeah. In the original intent. That's Which, so there's always clippings, right? Right. And I think, when we say clippings, it's always like things that the preacher studies, marinates in that never make it to the sermon because mm-hmm. otherwise it would be three hours a weekend which and you would fall asleep yeah probably. <laughs> i would fall asleep giving it probably but fall asleep. you know it's like there's so much and and one of those clippings that we didn't do anything with is the context in which this is coming out of from chapter 10 and what the prophet is preparing the people for is actual captivity mm-hmm. like there's going to be a, a, a nation assyria that god has is going to use right because he wields them like an axe and he's going to use them to bring judgment on Israel. Yeah. And then he looks forward and says, but the Assyrians are these prideful people that think they're the power source behind the axe. Mm-hmm. They, they tout themselves as accomplishing all that they did and then plundering Israel as though there's no God or no consequence to their action. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord actually uses Isaiah to tell the people, uh, this is 1024, therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrians when they strike with the rod and lift up their staff against you as the Egyptians did. For in a very little while, my fury will come to an end and my anger will be directed to their destruction. And the Lord of hosts will wield against them a whip as when he struck Midian at the rock of Oreb and his staff will be over the sea and he will lift it as he did to Egypt. And in that day, his burden will depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be broken. And you just look at this promise, like in Isaiah, who is in charge of the world's affairs? Mm-hmm. You know, now they're living in a consequence of not returning to God, which first and foremost should just always be on our heart. Like be repentant. Oh man. Turn to the Lord. Stay this should, humble. This should be really, because our destruction will come if we aren't. Yeah. But even in his destruction, there is a limit to it. Right. Like he there's will, a, he will relent. There's a measured to it. There's a measure. It's a, it's a, it's a discipline. Mm-hmm. To restore a people, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is why David, you know, when when he has to deal with the consequences of his own actions, you know, God lays out, "What do you want? Do you want a famine? Do you want enemies? Do you want, you know?" And David just responds, "Let me fall in the hands of God, because I know his his discipline is measured. Where if I fall in the hands of my enemies, like their aim is my destruction, right? But to fall in the hands of the Lord is the hands of a father who disciplines mm-hmm. to to restore us, right?" But the thing that's interesting to me is even in the breadth of talking about Messiah that's going to come and restore everything is, okay, these events are also going to happen. The Assyrians are going to come in. There's going to be a real hardship. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. God's still in control. Don't be afraid. God's still working out his plan. Don't be afraid. God is still ordering events that will bring about his ultimate completion of this new creation order. And I think for me, 
Advent is both looking back at, okay, these are his actions in history, and I look forward to his future coming, which will bring the fullness of this in. And honestly, that means I'm not concerned. I'm not spun up. I'm not fearful in today, no matter what happens. And there's some real wicked, evil things happening in the world. I say, okay, Lord, you are still the sovereign one wielding all of this for a directional accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And so I trust you. Like I'm not, I'm not spun up about elections. I'm not spun up about, you know, possible outcomes, even hardships for the church. It's like, nope, the Lord's in charge. Do not fear. Even when you see these things happening, that's right. You know, the one who is ultimately working. That's right. That's right. That's right. So like, as you think about, you know, individuals reading Isaiah 11, cause they're like, I forgot about what Sunday was even about. Like, you know, I do, but, um, you know, what should we take? What should we take with us outside of knowing the Lord's in charge? You know, He's doing all things for sort of His His good and His knowledge. As we read about Isaiah eleven, like there's certain things, there's certain phrases in there that should remind us to read Revelation, right? There's certain phrases in there to remind us to read um, Matthew one, the genealogy of Jesus, yeah. or Luke. Is it Luke three? Luke three genealogy. Yeah, from from God before Adam to Jesus. Yeah, and then Matthew's the genealogy between Abraham and Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what are things that we should just be paying attention to? What are things that we should probably like go search in Bible gateway? You know, words or phrases. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe if this is helpful or not. I think in part it's like how did the New Testament authors pick up some of these prophetic statements and then remind people of the history and okay. what was what was their aim, you know? So like go do your cross reference study. Yeah. Cross reference Bible follow some of those links. Yeah, and one of them is we didn't do this on Sunday, um, is Acts thirteen. Oh. So Acts thirteen, Paul is picking up this, you know, that here's the story of of God's working with Israel. And he picks this up. Let's see if I can pull this up real quick wasn't top of mind. Um, Acts 13, verse 22, he's brought the history of Israel up to God's departure from Saul as the king and now to David. He says, and when he had removed him, that being Saul, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. So there's the offspring of, of Jesse. Yeah. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he, but behold, after me one is coming, the sandals of whom I'm unworthy to untie. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, to those among you, you who fear God, to us has been sent a messenger of this salvation. Wow. And he calls him to repent and to believe on the Lord. That's a great hyperlink. Yeah. This text. So, hey, Paul, and we did this in Romans 15 on Sunday, but Paul is saying, okay, those prophets that were speaking of the offspring of Jesse, meaning the line of David, that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And John the Baptist prepared the way of repentance to receive Jesus. Now, brothers, the Lord has prepared this. Let us receive it. Huh. That's really good. I like that a lot. You know, when I was thinking of asking that question, I was thinking like in, in Isaiah 10, the word yoke to chase chase down sort of that yeah. word through the the Bible also in eleven like um, the spirit of wisdom or understanding chase 
sort of the spirit? What does the spirit do? You know, how does Jesus confirm that he has the spirit? Maybe that's a question you could ask in your Bible study. Yeah, that's good. You know, um, lamb, like the, that word picture throughout the Bible is wonderful. Uh, lion would be another one. Uh, things that just sort of like, if you have time to linger in your Bible and you want to like just chase some fun rabbit trails that are edifying, that just give you lots of encouragement, that really just build you up. Um, those are probably some of the words, right? Like grazing, righteousness, belt. Like the, these are just words yeah. that the Bible has a lot to say about. And I guess one of the questions that we always ask on this podcast is like, so what? Like what's the what's the point of it all? So is this just intellectual understanding of the historical, you know, mm-hmm. roots of Jesus? Um, and for me, I would just say to you, to anyone listening, there are things in your life that are coming today, tomorrow, this next year that you're going to wonder, does God care? Mm-hmm. Is God present? And faith in God for tomorrow is established in the faithfulness of God yesterday. That's right. So the way that faith is built in my life is by seeing his faithfulness. And so these are, these are the ways in which the Bible tells us God has promised something. God has been faithful to, to bring it about. Therefore, trust him for tomorrow. Trust him for the Lord's second coming because you see how perfectly he brought around his first coming. Yep. So this is more than just an exercise of understanding his lineage, yep. genealogy. Or his words or, or his, his word, metaphors yeah. that he's used. This is, oh man, the Lord is faithful, Right. period. Therefore, when you see the quote-unquote Assyrians doing these things in your life, do not fear. Right. Here's a spiritual, really spiritual way in which you should view these, how you do that study. is like I watched Polar Express just last week, right? Christmas movie, yeah. family. It's one of those classics at this point in the family. When you read, when you watch Polar Express, you can read it too, which is a great book. But when you watch the movie, you realize it was made for a three D audience. Mm. But we don't have three D glasses or a TV, and it was made for this experience where you're actually on the train, things are flying at your face. And so, like when I'm watching it now, I'm like, man, I wish I was watching this in three D. That's how you read in your Bible sometimes. Mm, that's you good. Know what I mean, like there's. There's places and spaces where you invest the time into these metaphors, these words, these ideas, so that actually the Bible becomes 3D to you and that you can experience actually what Isaiah yeah. wants you to experience. And you can experience what Revelation and what Jesus wants you to experience and what John wants you That's like you can read your Bible in 2D or you can read it in 3D. <laughs> the choice is up to you. And don't you think in some ways... That's what the season of Advent preparing us for Christmas allows us to experience deeper, greater joys Mm -hmm. come Christmas morning than if we hadn't. Right. And you know what? I can tell you because in my own life, when my mom started the Advent tradition, my family, I probably went into it kicking and screaming like, this is lame. I have to listen to Kenny G play Silent (laughs) Night, you know, and pause. But in reality, what she was doing, she was laying the building blocks for the meaning of Christmas, the joy of Christmas, the presence of Christ in Christmas would become deeper and deeper over the 30 plus years I've been doing it. That's a helpful reminder to people. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like when we talk about sitting down with our families reading Advent, it people goes, picture it like this holy, 
I'm like, sit down. Where are you going? Why? Why? <laughs> did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Like, and then after I explain everything, I'm like, and that's who Jesus is. My kids are like, can I have a candy now? <laughs> can I blow out the candle? <laughs> I really want to blow out the candle. That's all I've been thinking about. I'm the person that blows out the yeah, candle. It's my turn to light. And they're like, are fighting about oh who, who lights. And yeah, then I'm, my voice is raising yeah. and they're like, let's talk about Jesus, people. Yeah. yeah. That's what actually goes on. Totally. You know what? I, I don't know. I used to get so frustrated with it. And sometimes I think Christian looks at me still and is like, <laughs> calm down. Papa Bear, <laughs> you're getting spun up. But yeah, you just you lay all this out and then it just ends up being fighting of who gets to, whose turn it is to open the Advent. If nothing less, the Advent tradition <laughs> tells you what Christmas really is about. Your expectations not getting met. <laughs> <laughs> In your Advent reading. This could be a holy moment, a worshipful moment. It's like, yeah, yeah that's not going to happen in this place. In it's worth it, though, right? It is it well is, worth it. It is worth it. Repetition and investment. I'm just so thankful for my mom who actually instilled it in me yeah. long ago. And hey, I st- I'm I thankful for you, man. You're, man. you're instilling it into Calvary more and more. Hey, you know what? I love that we get to do these things, that we get to build these traditions, that we get to experience these traditions together. That's why the weekly is here, because we want you to hear the real conversations between Sunday to Sunday, right? That's right. And that's why Thomas hates us sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but uh, we love you. We love that you're here at Christmas. If you don't hear it from me anywhere between here and Christmas, Merry Christmas. We hope you have a great Advent season. Enjoy all those traditions, all those moments to actually have a spirit-filled, Christ-filled Christmas here at Calvary. Like always, you can go to calvarybible.com to hear what's going on. All right, I've said enough, Thomas. Let's get out of here. Amen. Let's go drink some uh, hot chocolate. I talked about the Polar Express. <laughs> now it wasn't really good hot chocolate. <laughs> That's how my brain works. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>